This is the Byron Bledsoe podcast, senior pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about the things that Jesus said? He talked in such a way, it was so simple that a little child could understand it, but so profound that his words had the ability and still have the ability to change lives. If you go to your Bible and you look at what's called the New Testament, the Bible's divided into two sections, Old Testament and New Testament, before Jesus and then New Testament, the life of Jesus and after Jesus. In the New Testament, the words in red are the words that Jesus spoke. And there's so many things that we think Jesus said that he didn't really say. There's so many things we think the Bible communicates that it doesn't really communicate. For example, people say all the time, hey, you know, the Bible says God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not true. Often in life, we get more than we can handle. Scripture teaches that with God and him working in us, he can handle it. But often on our own, life can be overwhelming. Or or some people say, well, you know, the Bible talks about just follow your heart. No, no, no. Don't follow your heart. When you follow your heart, when I follow my heart, we get in trouble fast. The Bible actually says the heart is deceitful. Who can really know it? Or sometimes we think, hey, God just wants us to be happy. Just do whatever makes you happy. No, because happy can be a moving target. It can change all of the time. What, what would have made you happy 10 years ago, it might be completely different today what makes you happy. And so those are not things that, that the Bible teaches. Some people think, oh, well, you know, if you follow Jesus, every day will be great. That's the message of the Bible. That's not necessarily true because remember, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And so sometimes I think there's confusion about what we think the Bible teaches that's just kind of passed down through tradition and people saying things compared to what Jesus actually says. And there's one statement. There's one statement that I think does a lot of damage and can create as much stress or or struggle or hopelessness as any other statement that we think the Bible teaches, but it doesn't really teach. And it's this statement. You get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. And I think part of the reason we wrestled with that is because it makes sense. In fact, many of you, because of your past, your backgrounds, things that you may be ashamed of, There may be things going on in life today that you feel like are difficult and challenging and tough that are that are maybe you think the judgment of God because of some things in your past. And we just kind of feel like, hey, you get what you deserve. But what if that's not true? Luke chapter 23 kind of shares the story of something we're going to celebrate next week. Actually, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And by the way, I want to invite you to be in the room at C3. It's going to be incredible. C3church.cc forward slash gather. You want to be in the room next Sunday. It's going to be a very special day. C3 always goes all out for Easter. You've got to be there. But Luke 23 talks about the last hours of Jesus' life. And I want you to notice verse 32. Two other men, both criminals. So there's Jesus and two other men. Three people are being crucified. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Now, we know just from 
stories and for maybe what you've seen on TV, we, we know that crucifixion was not the way you want to go. What we may not, what you may not know is crucifixion was actually the most painful way and the most expensive way to kill someone. In fact, maybe you've heard the word excruciating. You've talked about being in excruciating pain sometimes, maybe. Well, that word excruciating, ex means out of, cruciating means the cross. It literally means out of the cross. So this term to paint the picture of intense pain, the most pain we could ever feel, excruciating is a term that came directly out of what would happen in crucifixion. And because of that, crucifixions were reserved for the worst criminals. So Jesus is being murdered, but beside him, the two guys there, these are the worst of the worst. And in that context, Jesus is hanging there and the crowd is spitting at Jesus and mocking Jesus and he prays. Now, if you were Jesus and that's happening, what would you pray? I know what I would pray. God would take him out. I would be off the cross. Like, what would you pray? But, but notice what Jesus prays. Father, forgive them. They don't know. They don't understand what they're doing. And then notice verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Now, this guy is completely guilty. He's one of the worst criminals that ever lived. That's why he's being executed like this. And he, he doesn't even see his need for a savior. He joins the crowd in a way in mocking Jesus. Then verse 40, but the other criminal, the one on the other side, rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. We're getting what we deserve. But this man, he's talking about Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Do you feel like in your life you're getting what you deserve? The pain that you may be walking through, the struggle in relationship, the, the navigating with challenges and difficulty, finances, the emotional stress and navigating your feelings. Do you sometimes feel like it's what I deserve? Maybe you're like that thief who recognized, hey, this is happening because it's what I deserve. I've earned this. What I've done in my life, what I've thought in my life, who I've been in my life, this is what I deserve. This is how I would think it would work out for somebody like me. Maybe you felt like that. We can all feel like that because there are phrases in our culture that are in common that, that we're familiar with because it paints that picture. Phrases like what goes around comes around or your past can come back to haunt you. Or if you make your bed, you got to lie in it. It's how we think in our culture. But notice verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This guy who feels like, hey, I'm getting what I deserve. My choices in life have built these consequences. I, I, I'm living the result of the choices I made. This is exactly how it should end up for somebody like me and the things I've done. And then he turns to Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know what Jesus didn't say to him? Jesus did not say, no way, man. When I look at what you've done and who you are, it's too late for you. You've messed up too bad. Now remember to be executed like this, he's one of the worst of the worst. And Jesus could have said to him, it's just, it, it's not, it's too late. You've done too much. You've messed up too many things. You've hurt too many people. 
You got too many broken relationships. You, you had your chance, but it's over. It's too late for you. That's not what he said. Jesus, to a criminal who's messed up his entire life. And at this point, because he's hanging on the cross, he can't go back and make things right. He can't even go to all the people he harmed and ask for forgiveness. He can't raise his hands in worship. They're nailed to a cross. He can't serve anybody. There's absolutely nothing he can do to help anybody. There's nothing he can do to turn his life around. And Jesus looks at this guy who's guilty, who can do nothing at this point for himself, and he's sinful, but he's repentant. And Jesus says to him in verse 43, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now think about that statement for a moment. Maybe you felt, I've blown it too much for God to love somebody like me. Maybe because you know you, you think, man, if there is a God and he knows me, I don't like me, so why would he like me? But Jesus says to this man, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve because you called out to me. I'm going to give you grace. And by the way, I want you, a criminal, I want you with me today. He didn't deserve that. I think of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, and I love the way the message translation puts this. Ephesians 2, you let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exalt, exalt, exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us in doing what we felt like doing. When we, when we felt like doing it, and all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, listen to this phrase, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. He took our dead sin, our sin dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. The message that we're going to celebrate next week that as Christ followers, we really celebrate every day. And maybe you're watching and you're not a Christ follower, but you've heard, you're familiar with, hey, Jesus died on a cross. It's more than just a story and it's more than a simple phrase. And I think sometimes we're so familiar with the basics of the story that we miss the power of the moment and how it can apply to our lives. Here's the reality. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. And some of you, and how you feel, you're dead on the inside. The layers of guilt, the things that you look back on, all the areas where you wish, if I could just go back in time, and there's an emptiness there's a deadness on the inside. And because you feel like that, you feel like it's hopeless. But remember, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And then verse 8 of Ephesians 2. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from the start to the finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd We've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. 
Think about, think about that criminal. When Jesus said to him, <clears throat> hey, you're, you're forgiven. Today you're going to be with me in paradise. When Jesus said that, what if the Roman guards? What if the guards had said, hey, okay, Jesus forgave that guy. Let's let him down off the cross and let him live. What do you think the rest of his life would have looked like? He would have had wounds and scars, but they would have healed. What do you think the passion of his life would have been? Because he'd just been saved in such a dramatic way. He would have lived every moment of every day in a way of, of, of honoring God, being grateful to God, thinking who, about who Jesus is, thanking Jesus for his, and, and living his life as a thank you for what had been done for him. Can, can you imagine being him and being in that place where he can do nothing and Jesus looks and says, hey, you're forgiven. And the reality is, you may or may not be a criminal, but the reality is, you and I, we, we can't do anything to save ourselves. Jesus did it all, and he offers that to every one of us. That's the reason for everything we do in the life of C3, for everything we're about as C3, connecting the communities with Christ. It, it is the purpose, the essence of everything, every decision, every ministry, every strategy. It's all because of what Jesus offers us. A little over a year ago, it happened. The world pushed pause. But when the world pushes pause, the church presses play. And we press play on helping people. We pressed play on praying for people. We pressed play on helping small businesses and individuals and families who'd lost their jobs. We pressed play on loving people. We pressed play on doing everything we could to help kids that were struggling with isolation and insecurity and actually sending gifts to their homes and delivering them for their birthdays. We did everything we could to help people dealing with loneliness because when the world pushes pause, the church presses play. Hey, hey church, our world has pushed pause long enough. It's time to play. It's time to play into the grace of God. It's time to play into the love of God. It's time to press play on living life instead of treading water, waiting for something to change. It's time to press play because God has called us to this incredible opportunity to reach others who live in guilt and hopelessness. Those who have never experienced the love and the forgiveness that God offers through Jesus. It's time to press play. Next Sunday's Easter, it's time to press play on inviting people. More people will attend or watch next Sunday than any other Sunday of the year. And you and I have an opportunity because we've paused long enough. It's time to play. Listen, I, I can relate in some ways to that criminal because I'm undeserving. I don't deserve to be the pastor of C3. I don't deserve to be the husband to the bride that I have or the father or grandfather to the kids and grandkids. I, I, I don't deserve to be able to speak to you today and you invite us into your home or wherever you watch, you're watching. I, I, I'm undeserving. I'm unworthy. I'm guilty. And Jesus, who was innocent, was murdered for my sins. And I am so grateful today I didn't get what I really deserve. I'm thankful for God's grace. Psalms, I love this passage. Psalm 103 says, he forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. 
He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. He showed Moses how he went about his work, opened up his plan, plans to all Israel. God is sheer mercy and grace, not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold, nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as the heavens, the heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love to those who fear him. And as far as sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. Our God is a gracious, good, and loving God. And you and I, we have one of two choices. We can be like the one person who'd messed up his life, because you and I have messed up our lives, and join kind of what culture thinks in knowing about Jesus, maybe being around him some, around people who know him, maybe maybe just kind of joining in with what culture thinks of, okay, why don't, why don't you do something? I mean, if you're really God, why, why don't you do something for me more than what you've done? Or we can recognize like the other criminal that hung next to, next to Jesus, we can be like him and recognize, hey, man, I, I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve mercy. I don't deserve for God to love me. But Jesus, I, I recognize you're who I need. What I need is a personal, intimate relationship with a living God. I, I don't need more religion. I don't need to try better. I don't need to work harder. I, I just need a relationship with a God who loves me. And what an incredibly compassionate, loving God to offer that to us. Now, I don't know if, if you've ever looked at the scriptures in the context of numerology. I don't know if you've ever studied, but in the Bible, numbers have deeper meanings. And the number three, how many people were hanging on a cross that day? Three. Three is actually, it represents the number of wholeness or the number of completion in Scripture. Three. God is the Trinity, three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are created in his triune nature, the body, the soul, the spirit. God has three qualities. He's omnipresent. He's always there. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. God is beyond anything we can understand, but there's three qualities. In the Old Testament, there are three patriarchal fathers. There's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the tabernacle, there are three sections, the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. The angels were told in Scripture, cried out three times, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You may remember in the Old Testament, Daniel prayed three times a day. Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days. The apostle Paul, remember, was blinded for three days. When Jesus was born, he was visited by wise men and they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When Jesus was 12 years old, he stayed in the temple and he was separated from his parents for three days. The public ministry of Jesus lasted three years. Jesus is tempted by Satan in the desert three times. And Peter Peter would deny Jesus three times. And Jesus restored Peter and showed him love and grace three different times before Pentecost. You might remember that Jesus raised three people from the dead, Lazarus, the widow's son, and Jairus' daughter. When Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, remember how many times he prayed? He prayed three times. He was one of three men hung on the cross that day. And there was a sign above his head that said, King of the Jews, and it happened to say King of the Jews, three words, in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. 
He was placed on the cross in the third hour of the day. And at the ninth hour, which is actually 3 p.m., he spoke out words of victory. And it was three words. It is finished. And darkness, the Bible says, fell on the land for three hours. And the world waited. And on day one, nothing happened. And on day two, nothing happened. But on day three, Jesus is risen from the dead. Remember, Jesus was called the way, the truth, and the life. This number of wholeness, this number of of completion. And that's what he offers to you and me. He never says you get what you deserve. He offers grace and mercy and love. And we're not here because we're good. We're here because God is good. And so Jesus looked at a person calling out to him, someone who could do nothing to make his life better, and Jesus forgave him. So if you feel guilty, if you feel stuck in your guilt, Call out to the one who can take your guilt, who can forgive you, who created you to live a life that is full and abundant. I want to invite you today, if you've never never committed your life to Christ, to pray that prayer. Everything Jesus did at Easter, what we're going to celebrate next Sunday, he did for you. And it is impossible for you to be too bad, too messed up, too broken, too far gone. God's love is bigger and deeper than that. So if you'd like to know Jesus in a personal way, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer. If you just close your eyes and just, just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive my sin and help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I would love to know that. I want to invite you to shoot me a text. Just put your first name, that's it, your first name, and send it to 407-847-8311. Shoot me the text. The number will be at the bottom of the screen. Shoot me the text because I'd love to be praying for you today. I'll get those names this afternoon. I'd love to be praying for you by name throughout this week. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, You can text C3Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.